Looks like Jordan Greenway's getting the green light. Plus, an update on Marc-Andre Fleury, Alex Goligoski on PP1. All that, and we preview tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available on your favorite podcast platforms. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we preview tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets. We will also take a look at what the lines look like with Jordan Greenway set to return and a potential shakeup on the Wild's first and second power play units as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and taking a look at a few things leading into tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, first note of business, this will be the final show of the week, doing some traveling for Thanksgiving, so uh, we'll not have shows for you on Thursday and Friday of this week, but uh, we will have, of course, a Micheletti Monday for you to recap everything that happens here throughout the rest of the week against Toronto and Arizona and the game tonight against the Jets. Minnesota Wilds, it looks like, are getting Jordan Greenway back as uh, he has been skating with the team and uh, looks as though he is good to go for tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Some interesting notes on the lines, courtesy of Joe Smith from The Athletic. Lines for today's practice included Kirill Kaprizov, Sam Steele, and Matt Zuccarello. Really no surprises there. Uh, Sam Steele, I think, earned the opportunity to continue as the Kaprizov line center with how he played in the uh, the game against the Hurricanes. So that line intact. The interesting things are what the rest of the lineup looks like. You have a, uh, a line of Jordan Greenway, Freddie Goudreau, and Matt Boldy. You have Brandon Duhame, Jewel Eriksonek, and Marcus Foligno. You have Mason Shaw, Connor Dewar, and um, Nick Patan with Marco Rossi skating as well. So I think we saw this when Greenway was um, trying to kind of return to the ice as he has been practicing with Goudreau and Boldy because that line combo of Dewar, Erickson, Eck, and Felino has been doing some nice things with uh, physicality and has been providing some of that oomph to this lineup for checking. Uh, just some good things that they've been able to do, and defensively they have locked down uh, opponents. So I, I understand the Wild wanting to uh, keep that line intact against this uh, Winnipeg Jets team tonight, but the thing I guess I don't really understand is that uh, Boldy, Goudreau, and Greenway combo. We have seen Freddie Goudreau with Matt Boldy. The results have been so-so. Obviously, removing Fiala from the equation has um, has taken away that speed element 
on the uh, on the one side of that line. And I guess I'm just a little confused as to why there hasn't been an attempt to replicate that speed with those two guys. Greenway is it's not a secret. Greenway is is much more of a defensive forward and a physical forward than he is offensive. And so if trying to get Matt Boldy is something if trying to get Matt Boldy going is something that this team wants to do, wouldn't you want to put someone the likes of Connor Dewar or just anybody with speed on that line on the outside? I don't know. It's it'll be something to keep an eye on, I would imagine, before too long. The Grief line will be reunited. I think they just want to give Greenway an opportunity to get back out there on the ice before they throw him full bore into what the grief line experience is. And that's that's fine. I get that. But once you go back to that grief line being intact, what then does the line combo look like for the bottom six? It's a little bit of a jumble right now. I would imagine it will be... I would like it to be Boldy... Goudreau, and Dewar, assuming that Marco Rossi is going to be heading back down to Iowa. He did talk to the media um, after yesterday's practice, said it's it's been frustrating from, uh, from his perspective not being able to be as productive over the, uh, the start of his NHL career. Um, he believes that staying in the NHL is better for his development rather than going back to Iowa, feels that he can learn more on the day-to-day here. So that is kind of an interesting comment coming from Rossi, a situation I'm sure that's frustrating for him. I am of the belief that I'd like to see him just get a stint down in Iowa where he's playing closer to 20 minutes a night give him a chance to uh, to help assist on some goals, score some goals himself, and see if that can kind of get him going uh, for this team going forward. There was no timetable given on Ryan Hartman by Coach Dean Evison. And uh, Evison said, basically, my crystal ball broke a long time ago. I think that was the exact quote from, uh, from Evison. And so no timetable on Hartman. And uh, so you're going to be filling that top center spot for a while with whoever I think is playing at the, whoever's playing the best at the time. So I don't expect that we'll see somebody really solidify that spot. Maybe it can be Sam Steele, but my guess is that they're just going to kind of rotate players as they perform well um, into those spots. So you're left with trying to figure out who is going to be on the opposite side of Matt Boldy and what does that fourth line look like? Let's try. I I know they've wanted to try to keep Mason Shaw and Connor Dewar together because statistically those guys have been really good together. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see what Dewar can bring to being in a position to be on a line with Matt Boldy. They, they got to just, they have to continue to try different combos until you get something figured out, and then you stick with it. 
So we'll uh, we'll see how this plays out in tonight's game, and uh, we'll see if it's tweaked here over the weekend. Um, we'll see. I would imagine Matt Boldy will be get will get going here relatively soon, but uh, it it's going to certainly help if they uh, put somebody else on that line with a little bit of a speed element to kind of help them sustain some offense uh, in the offensive zone. So that's that's what the lines are looking like here for tonight's game. Uh, of course, this could be it, – it'll depend on if everybody gets through morning skate, uh, gets through warm-ups, but I would imagine those will be the lines that we see uh, in tonight's game against the Jets. Now, also mentioning that uh, it looks as though there are some changes on the special teams unit. So we'll discuss power play one and power play two when we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer to even esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories, the biggest games, all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms. Continuing to preview tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets, the Minnesota Wilds, with a few shakeups on the power play as well. Alex Goligoski taking some time on power play one, which would lead you to believe that it's likely Kalen Addison will sit in tonight's game unless the Wild decide to go with the 11-7 combo again, which I am really not a huge proponent of for the reason that the Wild, I think, now have three too many men on the ice penalties on the season. And you have players coming on and off the ice on almost a consistent basis. You're bound to have some confusion as to who's on the ice at any particular time. So I understand the desire to get Goligoski back into the lineup. I do. But I don't know that I don't know that Kalen Addison has done anything to warrant being taken out of the lineup that say Matt Dumba has not done either. That would be my preference is at this point to just give him a breather because I I harp on this a lot on this show. It just it doesn't seem like he is really able to contribute as much offensively as he used to, which is an issue because he is predominantly an offensive defenseman. And if you're not able to step up in the play, which has been an issue, whole decor by and large has been an issue for those guys compared to years past is they're not stepping up into the play as much as they have in the past because of a couple of different things. The offense's inability to hold the zone. So 
you're not able to as consistently hold the puck in the zone as much as the Wild have been able to do in previous seasons, which means that your defensemen basically have to have one foot out the door to ensure that they're not getting beat down to the other end of the ice. In previous seasons, you know, the Wild were really good at just holding on to the puck. And so then, yeah, if your team has the tendency to not cough the puck up, you as a defenseman can focus more on the offensive end as opposed to having to just stay back to avoid getting put in a breakaway situation or an odd man rush. So that has that has hurt the offensive production for this team. Um, but, you know, it, it even comes down to just simple things like the number of shots that he's taking on a nightly basis. Those are way, way down as well. So I think... I, I just I don't really know what you're getting out there on the ice, um, except for penalties, except for pretty bad, inopportune penalties, high sticks, interferences. So that would be my pre- my preference. I I think Goligoski can still be kind of an in a pinch defenseman for this team. So, yeah, his performance against the, the Hurricanes warranted him getting another start. But I just, I don't know. I don't think Addison's done anything to warrant being taken out of the lineup. Now, I know the power play has um, started to really head south. But, again, I don't think that is an Addison problem. I think it stems from just not moving as much as the Wild did early in the season, therefore having the opponents having more opportunities to clear the puck. And then when the puck is cleared and the Wild are trying to bring it back into the zone, they're just incapable of, uh, of getting it back into the offensive zone. I think those are more of the issues than who is the defenseman kind of captaining the power play unit. So we'll see if that helps. Power play two, I mean, these are the names that you're going with um, on power play two. Marco Rossi not in the mix. So you've got Sam Steele, Jared Spurgeon, Jordan Greenway, Freddie Goudreau, and Marcus Foligno. That would be more of a penalty kill unit, I would think. Um, Not a whole lot in the way of driving offense. But that's just where this team is at right now. They don't really have anybody outside of Kirill Kaprizov that drives the play. They had a guy, but uh, he no longer is a member of the team. And so now you just are kind of stuck with one guy that can really drive the bus for this team. There are plenty of complementary players on this in this this roster. And so that's why we see Power Play 1 get as much time as they do because Kirill Kaprizov... He is the cup, he's the ice, he is whatever you pour in the cup, and he's the straw that stirs it. So, I, I, I guess I'll reserve judgment on that second unit, but it's just, it's, a, it's very much a roster in transition at this point of being filled with more of the physical 
defensive checking type players as opposed to the players that have, you know, those offensive skill sets. I mean, what would be wrong with what would be wrong with trying um, some of those other names like Connor Dewar, Mason Shaw? Because they're playing, as of right now, they're playing some of the best hockey on this team. So what would be wrong with giving that a try? I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's, it's not a, a unit that instills much confidence um, as of right now. And it is a Winnipeg team that's in a very similar spot to where the Minnesota Wild are at in terms of power play and penalty kill. So to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we'll take a look at how the Jets have been doing so far this season. That is on the way after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Previewing tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg, just like we all expected, is currently up near the top of the standings in the Central Division. They check in with an 11-5-1 record on the season. They're a plus-9 goal differential and are also 7-2-1 in their last 10 games, including beating the Carolina Hurricanes in OT, much like the Wild did. Now, there has been a lot of, I think, coaching, um, benefiting from coaching, that the Jets have done so far this year. Rick Bonus has this team playing very well after a very lackluster season uh, for Winnipeg last year. And he also has got a resurgence from Mr. Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck had a rough go last year. He comes into this game 8-4-1 and one with a 2.07 goals against average and a 9.35 save percentage, which is, uh, that's an outstanding mark for a goalie. And we talked about it with, uh, with Alex that, um, he had a weird split against the Minnesota wild last season in which he gave up just a ton of goals in the first two games and really locked everything down in the next two. But he is playing some of his best hockey of the season here in the month of November. He, is uh, 4-2 and two with a 1.67 goals against average, a 9.42 save percentage. Oh, and he has a shutout as well. And he uh, took a loss most recently to the Pittsburgh Penguins in which he gave up two goals and uh, the Jets lost 3-0. Able to squeak one past the Anaheim Ducks. Lost in a narrow defeat to the Calgary Flames, but then beat Dallas 5-1. to Shut out Chicago, and then beat Montreal 3-2 to in overtime. So, the thing I think that worries me is that, you know, we talked about over the last few games, the Wilds not being able to really challenge goalies who weren't on their game. This is a tricky game because Hellebuck playing his best hockey in the last couple of seasons and coming off of a game in which he uh, he got edged by the Pittsburgh Penguins. You are getting to a situation where you know it may not matter 
how much you challenge the goalie if Hellebuck is on and plays the way he's capable of. He is one of those goalies that can absolutely impact the final outcome. He can just straight up silence an opposing offense to where they don't get any chances that are good, and any that they do get, they don't get past him. So that's gonna be that's gonna be tricky for Hellebuck. Now he is he is uh, prone to some weird moments in that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was out of the crease trying to uh, trying to grab a puck. The Penguins kind of flustered him with a rush. Uh, a couple of players right towards him, and so he tried to pass through it. Ended up passing it uh, directly to a Penguins player, and uh, it was as as easy of a goal as you will will find. So it's not like he's not capable of of blips and hiccups, but this is somebody too where if you offensively are not challenging in the way that you should, uh, that's that's going to be we're not talking about like Martin Jones or any of those guys here. If you're not challenging Hellebuck the way that you should challenge every goalie in the NHL, he will shut the door. So the Wild need to be cognizant of that. Now, special teams-wise, Wild are slightly better on the power play at 20.3%. Winnipeg comes in at 19.3%. But the big key here is the Wild are one of the best teams in the NHL at shorthanded goals. And that stems from the aggressive style of penalty kill that they play. So that would be a spot that the Wild could try to kind of play into a power play that's struggling a little bit by flipping it and using some of that aggression on the PK to maybe generate some chances for goals as well. The Jets' penalty kill is um, at 85.7% on the season, and um, that puts them up near the top of the list in terms of uh, penalty kill. They are third in the NHL uh, in penalty kill this season. And scoring under three goals per game, for the Jets so far. So these are two offenses that are having a little bit of trouble putting the puck in the net, but one guy that isn't is Mark Shifley, and he already has 10 goals for the Jets so far this season, and he is somebody that really enjoys playing the Minnesota Wild. Had several, I think he had three goals against the Wild last year in the four games, and so he is somebody who... Uh, the Wild are going to have to really make sure that they keep an eye on, or he could end up being a player that uh, potentially wrecks this game. You've got others up and down the lineup to keep an eye on as well. Kyle Connor, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, also Blake Wheeler. So plenty of skill for this um, this Jets team. It's just going to be, I would imagine, similar to what we saw against the Carolina Hurricanes, in which it's kind of a grinded-out, slow-type game. Not a lot of chances for either team. If the Wilds can do what they did against the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the more one of the faster teams in the NHL, the Jets are not that. So if the Wilds can do that 
against Winnipeg hold them to a low amount of shots. I won't say two because holding a team to two shots in an entire period is quite the feat. So if they can hold them and limit their chances in the third, limit their chances all game, and take advantage of turnovers and opportunities that are just handed to you, they'll be they'll be right in this game. But if they struggle to possess the puck, if Winnipeg is able to go to the power play because of bad penalties by the Wild, and if they can't solve Connor Hellebuck, this one may be an L. So we will see what happens in tonight's game. Hopefully Jordan Greenway returning gives uh, a little bit more of a lift to the Wilds, and uh, we'll see how things turn out. That will do it for today's episode. Again, just a reminder, no shows tomorrow or Friday. We'll be back with you on Monday with a full recap all of the entire week with Alex Micheletti as part of our Micheletti Mondays. So make sure to stay tuned for that and uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. Have a uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, safe travels. And uh, we will catch up with you again on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you get subscribed to Locked on Wild on your favorite podcast platforms. We're available on YouTube and anywhere you want to listen. So make sure to subscribe and turn notifications on so you don't miss out on any new videos all throughout the week. We are keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.